Welcome to How the Song Came to Be, where soulful songwriters share the stories behind their songs, as well as tools and creative practices you can use to bring your best songs or other creative works to life. I'm Ann Heaton, your host. My life is holding devastating heartbreak and loss and sadness in the same place as gratitude and joy. And it like, you know, moves me to tears, just those two things at the same time. And that's not something I knew how to hold when I was younger, but now I embrace that as like the richness of my life, like all of it. And I want all of it. It's what living is. It sounds corny, but the whole fucking thing, you know? Welcome to How the Song Came to Be. I'm Ann Heaton, your host, and today you are in for such a treat because I am here with Live from New York, a group of songwriters, including Edie Carey, Teddy Goldstein, Andrew Kerr, and myself. We, if you're not familiar with us, we used to tour in the early 2000s uh, quite a bit, and we had planned a reunion tour for this May, which is not happening because of the coronavirus. Um, so we thought it would be fun to come on here and kind of chit chat and say hello. Um, so I'm going to read our bio in case you don't know who we are. <laughs> and I'm going to feel self-conscious about it. Um, Award-winning songwriters Ann Heaton, Teddy Goldstein, Andrew Kerr, and Edie Carey have been close friends since they met in the vibrant New York City folk pop scene of the late 90s and early 2000s, hanging at open mics in the West Village, sharing brand new songs, and learning together how to do music for a living. They shared shows here and there in various pairings, but it wasn't until they put together a showcase of New York songwriters for a music conference and dubbed it Live from New York that their collective synergy on stage, both musically and comedically, was undeniable. They interspersed deeply moving songs and rich harmonies with hilarious off-the-cuff repartee. Someone once likened a Live from New York show to watching a musical episode of Friends where everyone is Phoebe. What was supposed to be a one-time showcase quickly became a pretty magical side project for them and soon Live from New York was performing at festivals and listening rooms across the country. They toured together for several years recording an album in 2002 and then all four set off on their own musical paths. So Hi. Hi. <laughs> Very well, well read. I guess we're done. <laughs> Thanks for coming. All right. I think Bye -bye. that's it all. Get your waitresses. <laughs> They're on unemployment. So that was good. We're done. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Good night, everybody. Um, good okay. and, and scene. And scene. So, uh, you know, putting aside the fact that that was um, kind of self-conscious to read a bio that I'm a part of, but wanting to share kind of who we are in case you have no idea. Um, I thought it might be fun to start out and ask. Let's let's ask each other because I don't necessarily remember how did <laughs> we all how, <laughs> how did we all meet? How did we? I, I know we met at different times, but yeah. how did we all meet? I feel like Drew and I maybe met first at. It's probably so. Maybe it was at fast the fast folk open mic. I think maybe. Yes. And Steve Tannen from the Weepies was maybe there that same night. What's all the maybes? Yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah, trying to, it's it. been a while. Go ahead. Honey, and I believe I think, in you. Just tell it. And I think then Drew, if I remember correctly, Drew was booking like a new songwriter's night at Fast Folk Cafe. And I had just graduated from college and had never played a gig, not at college. And, um, or maybe some crappy bar near my college. But Drew gave me like my first real gig at the Fast Folk like songwriters roundup 
situation. Oh, and then and then I met Teddy because of Steve Tannen, I believe. We and met it. We met at Fast Folk as well, right? Right. Who are you talking to? Edith. No. Oh, okay. No, you know what? But then I think that Anne was then running with Sam Shaber, running at the Dark Star oh, yeah. Lounge, like a songwriter roundup. On the Upper West Side. Yes. And like Teddy, I think Teddy was supposed to be part of it, or Steve Tannen was supposed to be part of it. But then I met Teddy through that process. So maybe I already knew Anne. So I don't know. That That's sort of my order, random order, but it was all roughly around the same time. But I think I met Drew first. Yeah, and I used to hang out with Teddy at the open mic and at various things. And we, oh, you we, did? Like, at, we, yeah, we would bond over James Taylor song, obscure James Taylor trivia. At the yeah. at the Fast Folk at one? Fast at Fast Folk, yeah. yeah like I a, feel like you, know. you guys knew each other before I knew you. I don't know. I mean, I remember Teddy, I, I feel like I met you at a gig in Peekskill that Fred, Fred Gillen booked and we played in the round, oh like me, you, awesome. Fred Gillen, yeah. and someone else. And then you told me and the way on, I remember, well, this is how yeah, I remember you gave me a ride on the back. drive back, you, you were telling me how to make my song better, more like Paula Cole. That's Teddy's thing, yeah. <laughs> I'm always trying to make everyone sound more like Paula Cole. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't? It matter who you are. Who wouldn't, I know. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't matter who you are. Now. <laughs> I want to talk to you about some of your songs when we're finished. This, so <laughs> how we can maybe and make it more like Paul. Yeah, a little more Paul. <laughs> and then um, it sounds so of the so, of a certain moment. That <laughs> yeah. yeah. was the time she was yeah. the bomb. I was way into wait, Paula Peter. Cole. What was the name oh. of that venue in Peekskill? I don't remember the name. I can picture, but I don't, oh, you know, Teddy. It wasn't the cow something? The black cow. The black cow. No, but it wasn't at the Black House. Oh, it wasn't? Cow. No, it, wasn't? No, it, was, right, it wasn't. It was in downtown Peekskill. It was like more like an art yeah, yeah, gallery. Yeah. You're right. Um, You're right. But the yeah. Black Cow was in Croton on Hudson. That's right. That's right. Wow. And I then, didn't make it up. I didn't tour like you guys did. I didn't make it up to yeah, those open mics. Oh, I'm it was in Westchester. I didn't tour the Westchester open mics like you did. You guys were a lot bigger than I was. I was kind of focused on the village and the city. I tried so hard to get that gig. Never got yeah, that Yeah, I never got up to Croton on Hudson like you guys did. I didn't get to Mawa either. I didn't get to Katona. I didn't get to Purdy's. I didn't get to Golden's Bridge. I mean, you guys really got, got to the hot spot. It's okay, Drew. You have, there's still time. <laughs> So Edie, I don't remember meeting, but I remember, or I mean, I, I, I just well, remember. I remember seeing you play at the bitter end and being like, wait, like that person is, I mean, I knew that, I knew that people like Tori Amos and Paula Cole who even, like played gigs, but then I saw you play a gig and I was like, that's like a person, like, and I'm a person. And like, maybe I could, I don't know, like, could, be I, like ever Daddy be, Goldstein. Be, yeah. could I ever be as good as that person? And you WWTD. Were so, she totally. was so like free and brave. And I was like, wow, to, to wow. be free and brave. But then Andrew, I don't remember, when did we meet? I don't think we did. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think we ever did meet. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I know I'm trying to think where we You don't remember it either, huh? No. I feel like I feel I just like always knew I, you. I feel like the like Andrew and Teddy and I knew each other. And That's definitely true. Through Sam Shaber we met Heater and then Anne kind of became then part of our crew and then we started like hanging out at the Bagot Inn. 
open yeah. mic in the West Village. I mean, you got to know, like, the, I don't know. It's like there were a lot of people that we knew, right? I, from, did, like, I just remember Andrew, Andrew hosting the open mic at Fast Folk yeah. and making fun of me. Because I don't know if you remember, I, I stopped using Teddy Goldstein. Oh, sure. For a while, because my, my mother thought it was too Jewish. Do you yeah. remember that? Oh, yeah. You were. Who were you yeah. again? It was. Well, just it Teddy. Was, it was just Teddy. Oh, just uh, with an exclamation point. It was I, not with an exclamation that? point. <laughs> it was. It wow, was that's because uh... I remember Drew being. I remember whenever he'd call me up to stage, he'd always be like, "All right, next we have." And he'd be like, "Teddy." <laughs> and I was there like, wow. was someone from Boston who did that. He, um, there was a young guy from Boston. Dylan! Dylan! Exclamation mark! Yes, yeah. thank you. Yeah, that was big. big he mistake. was, but I thought Teddy was just Teddy. I didn't know. I thought you were joking about the exclamation point back in the day. But I remember talking Teddy. to somebody and being like, "I really hope he's not going to lose his last name." It's, it's, well, there was Teddy Richard. For a there, is, there you go. That's, That's your middle right. name. Right. Yeah, Teddy Richard. That's... My dad. My dad's. Yeah, again, because Goldstein. Yeah, sure. That's better than just Teddy with an exclamation point. Yeah. Teddy, when did you realize that that wasn't going to work for you? <laughs> uh, it didn't take that long. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't long. It was phase, pretty. Thankfully. It was. Were we pretty close funny. enough with you that we could have been very honest with you about that? True, it was pretty honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was. I was trying on Kerberg at the time, and like he kind of gave me feedback. So, Kerber, yeah. Kerberg, Kerberg, you feel Jewish enough? You wanted to. Yeah, be I was Jewish. Jew. I'm like, I got to Jew this up. If I want. I'm married to a Jew. Yeah. I need to be Jewish myself. Exactly. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> um. So. What about, like, can we talk about what was fun about back then when we played together? Kind of relive. But we should also, make, can we also talk about how we, like, how live, because the first live from New York, I think that was Pam Haber, wasn't it? That she created. <laughs> Otherwise, she, didn't she at, at, like, at a, at a conference, at a, at a, um, what's it called? Folk Alliance. Like, she put the thing together the first time with a hand. It was just, like, a handful of people that she knew from New York to do this thing. Oh, right? That's how it started. Sam yeah. put us all together. And put us all together. She created, um, she, we were doing, we were all at, it was either NERFA or it was, I think it was Folk Alliance. And she was like, why don't we do a conference? Which is a folk conference, yeah. Yes, yeah, sorry. Uh, do a, do a, let's do a showcase of an informal showcase, I think just in a room, which is how those things worked, um, of songwriters from New York that she knew. So she put together um, us along with Ina Mae Wool and it was Sam, the four of us, and Ina Mae Wool, like the six of us doing just like an in the round singer songwriter thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. And it kind of evolved out of that. And we all knew each other already. And we're like, we should do that again. That was really effing fun. Really fun. Yeah. yeah. And, and we should say that Sam Shaber and Ina May were a part of the group for quite some time. Yes. And then both of them ended up leaving. Yes. And then we were the the last ones left, the last ones standing yeah, the and then we made ones, a record together. Yeah, in who, who refused to leave, <laughs> even though. But I feel like Matt Smith yeah. at Club Passim in Cambridge was like, you guys, there's, you're hilarious on stage together. There's some kind of amazing energy here. You've got to do this. And that was, that sounds you know, right. he was somebody that we really looked up to. He was like running a venue that we all aspired to headline on our own. And really an inspiring man. I mean, just his. He's just, he's just a beautiful man. <laughs> the depth he is, of his. A beautiful man. Um, but I feel like. He we love Matt, by the way. You don't know. He's a dear friend. So. He's a dear friend. I should say that. <laughs> but I've, I've, but, and then Matt traveled with us for, right? Yeah, he was did our, he do he sound? Oh, he road managed on one tour, didn't he? Or did sound or something. He did, sound. Us stuff. he did sound. That's right. Which is really just coming for fun. Because yeah, we, love we had the best time. It was yeah. just awesome. There's just, I mean, we all know we've all been playing for so long. And in the years between when we did Live from New York, we all play with 
other people or you share a gig and yeah and it can and like either that energy is there or even if it's not there it's fine you can have a really wonderful energy with someone on stage or you could just have that like immediate kind of back and forth like giving each other shit in the most loving hilarious way and we just all brought something to the table that was just unique and it just worked and it sort of felt like doing improv where you like say yes on stage yes you you never let someone drop. never went wrong right yeah Yeah. just go with magical you know i haven't yeah i haven't experienced that like on this level since and it's been so fun for us to reconnect talking about what to do about the tour and the current scenario and we've all been saying like Oh my God, it was yeah. so joyous to no. just like pee my pants laughing with you guys for 20 minutes. You know, yeah. to have that is extraordinary. And to be able to have it even over the computer is amazing. Yeah. And you yeah. never know what's coming, but you always know it's safe. And it's, yeah, like good improv would be, I guess. But there's, yeah, never been a group of people I've been on stage with that it's been so just perfect every moment. And that you just pray for the worst things to go wrong because it only gets better. You know, yeah. it's just going to be, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, when I think about it, when I think back, like, um, I'm trying to, like, to articulate what was it, I just, I felt super safe, but I also felt like I could go further, like Mm -hmm. we could push the envelope further than I felt like Mm -hmm. I could with any other group of people, like, you know, like, like you could go right to the edge, like, you could not know exactly, like, is this a safe thing to say? Right. Yeah. And say it anyway, just seemed right. And like somebody else would make it right. Or just, you know, like that, which I guess with improv, but it just made for an interesting show because then I feel like it was funny for us too, because we had no idea idea what was going to happen. Right. Right. I think people felt that they felt like they got to be a part of something like you were. And it genuinely was like, you were here for this night in this moment that was not like any other night and will never be repeated. And that's, I mean, obviously any performance is supposed to be like that, but when you can really feel it throughout a show that, you know, the bits that might run through the show or whatever it is that came out are not coming back the next day because it's a good bit and we're going to write it into the set, you know, just doesn't work. It would never work if we did that. Yeah. So, yeah, and then I think I tried to do that on my own, like to be as spontaneous, and it yeah. just doesn't work. Like yeah, 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 right, I, right, I, right. I do, I do write my bits, and then if I have written bits, then some stuff will be spontaneous because I feel safe with that structure of some yeah. is written. Right. But I felt like with the four of us, yeah, you know, if you kind of just don't know what to there's say, there's so much other energy behind it that if it, yeah, if you yeah. drop it, if you start a thing and you drop it, someone's picking it up and either shifting it or changing it or continuing it on and building on it. And we're all right. trying to outdo each other every minute anyway. So it yeah. just keeps kind of. Right. Or like lovingly, lovingly teasing you. Yes. <laughs> Mr. Goldstein, you're in the back. Yes. Can I ask you guys a question? Yeah. Oh, oh God. God, I'm so scared. <laughs> oh, no, no. Just that. <laughs> He's like, can you yeah. just stop talking for just, like a second? Just, just like one second? No, no, I'm serious. This is actually Okay, ready. God. No, no. It actually has to do with uh, songwriting because I haven't okay. see- talked to you guys in a long time and haven't written, haven't heard your songs in quite a long time. And I'm kind of wondering like how, what songwriting, like, like do you find you guys still need to be like miserable and t- tortured all the time? <laughs> this is like Teddy's eternal question. He's like, I can't leave this one alone. I've been asking this question for 15 years and yeah. I cannot. <laughs> So well, kind of and curious. and the Teddy who used to ask that question was kind of miserable at the time. Yeah. But now you're happily married, have a great family. 
You're yeah, maybe maybe you should answer it, yeah, Teddy. Maybe like, you should you, answer Teddy. Do you still feel like you have something to write about? Because you did go through a period where it felt like life got better, and you were like, "Wait, if I'm not high and miserable and depressed, what's the point what of writing a song?" And that wasn't something I ever related to because I, some, when I was younger, felt like sometimes I felt like maybe being married and stable is not good for songwriting. You know, yeah. it's not. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So um, I, I used to think that, and now I yeah. know it. There's so many things to be like to it's have to work confirmed. through. There's yeah, so many. If you want misery to write songs about, there's so many things to feel bad about, even when your life is good. There's so many things. That's if true. that's what you like, yeah, that's your jam. No, that, don't worry. That You'll always be miserable. Peter, <laughs> what? Anne, what do you think about that? Well, I was just gonna ask Teddy, like, yeah, you know, I know you're making that joke, which is also serious, but. Right. You, I'm assuming you do write some songs now, and if so, you know yeah. what are they about? Yeah, no, I, I no, it's true though. I mean, I, I do write a lot of songs now. You do. I do. Yeah, yeah. Because you went and, for a period where you weren't writing, and then right. you kind of came back to it. So you must have come back from a different place. Yeah. No, I mean, actually, I write a lot of like still really depressing songs. Nice. Like honestly, <laughs> most of them are yeah. pretty bad. Mm -hmm. But I am obviously I am very happy like with mm -hmm. my life and my wife and my kids. Um, so how do you I, do it? How do I do it? Yeah, you know, I mean, you, you're I, answering your own question. You still honest, write them. On, yeah, I was, I Why was, do you write them? Honestly, I think I am, there's still that part, you know, actually, now I'm being serious. I was like, kind of like, if I think about it, I'm, it, you are who you are, I think. And that's kind of what I'm drawn to is like that part of, you know, I think songwriting for me was always really like, yeah, yeah like analytical. And um, I still find when I dig inside myself, even if I'm happy in a happy place with my family and all, there's still plenty of stuff that's sure. not, you know yeah. what I mean? So I like to tend to if I'm gonna spend the time writing a song and I'm by myself and it's isolation, I may as well dive into that stuff then because mm -hmm. the other stuff is already happening. So, yeah. but you know, it does end up making for some pretty depressing stuff when it's all said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, not everyone wants to hear. Yeah. But I think, I don't know. I mean, as a fellow depressing songwriter, I mean, not depressing, but I walk on the darker side for sure. And I find myself wanting to apologize for that, but. I just, that's sort of my nature as well. I, I, yeah. That's and I too am happy in my everyday life. I'm not wanting to change it and, and escape it. But I, 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 that's, those are the places that I like to go. And those are the colors that I'm going to use to but, paint with. I'm not going to suddenly like yeah. be like, well, I'm married and have kids. And now I'm only going to write songs in pastel. Like, I don't really care about that. I like, and I feel like, writing songs like that gives permission for people who also maybe feel happy in their lives mostly, but also have this, these corners of their heart that are darker and it gives them a place to put that and to feel seen mm. and have it resonate. Yeah. It's compatible, right? It's not all or nothing. You're not either yeah, miserable or joyful. Like life is a rich, yeah. like that's kind of the beauty of it. Is and all, all the artists that we all grew up with listening yeah. to, and they were all writing pretty, Funny, light, happy oh, songs, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> super light, happy, fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just songs about joy. But Anne, wait, who are you? Because these two I know better in terms of their influence. But who was yours more growing up? Because it wasn't like 
I mean, when I first met you, it was definitely Tori Amos a bit. Was a like a influence? Yeah, I mean. But who was it before that? I, I mean, I guess, well, it's different, like what I listened to in high school and then what I, the people who made me think I could do it too. Like, I think like Peter Gabriel, mm-hmm. um, Tori Amos and like the Indigo Girls, like those songs mm-hmm. were so like deeply spiritual and psychological to me. I don't know, like the depth of the music I felt like matched the work. That was the thing that made me feel like, okay, these are the things I think about. I want to do that. Mm-hmm. But the, like the, my influences, like of what was going into my head since I was a kid was like classical music, musicals, like Music Man, The Sound of Music, then like the Rolling Stones. I mean, anything you were hearing on the radio, Michael Jackson. So I didn't like, I didn't even know that like, dar williams was a thing like or, or mm-hmm. a something right. that i didn't know about that. i don't know if it's because i right. lived in chicago or just like was not but yeah so i don't know if i even answered your question but no you um, did I thinking was about songs now and i'm thinking about how i guess for me they're almost like an integration like an integration of the light and the dark like seeing if they can i mean it's, i'm not like consciously sitting down and be like let's see if i can have an integrate but i that, that's what it more feels like like how can they all coexist um you're very and, good at doing that i feel yeah. like you walk that line really beautifully and you like also, that yeah, like sorry. your song joy yeah is like sort of talks about a struggle and and kind of navigating that like you wouldn't need to be seeking the joy unless you were also balancing it with the darkness, right? And and I think that that's what makes it relatable. If you wrote a song just about joy, people were like, great, good for you. Yeah. But because you're, you're giving permission by saying like, here I am and I, I don't want, I want to be a better person and I want to embrace goodness, but it's hard to do that. And you do that really, really well in your songs. Very good at that. Uh, yeah, thanks. You are. Thanks, and you're David. I think you're also really you're very optimistic. <laughs> and but but you're also that wait, let me finish. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, no. But you it's but you also have this side of you that can get very non-optimistic. What's the word I'm looking for? Like, I think it starts with a P. <laughs> P. I don't even know what that would be. But, I think uh, it's piano? No, it's not piano. <laughs> No, but like, you know what I mean? But like, yeah. then you, then you have the, then you have like out of it, you like get crazy, like great, like optimism. It's amazing, yeah. right? which is amazing. Well, you I can mean. be dark and sad and joyful, right? Yeah. I mean, you can, I mean, I feel like that's a rich yeah. spectrum. It's a rich palette of paints, as Edie might say, of the different paint colors she uses to paint her. I was waiting for you to give me for that. <laughs> it's, all, it's not just the pastels, it's oh, also God. a rich tapestry. I of thought the color. moment had passed, but no. Yeah. <laughs> we'll come back. No, that always comes that's back. That's gorgeous. That's well, I, ca- I called Drew, I don't know if you remember, like uh, last year or something, because I was feeling super dark. And, yeah. and I was like, I, I got to be able to like make this funny. So I was trying to turn it into a bit. And I like called Drew and I'm like, I think this is funny. You know, and I was like, I basically have like a a bottomless pit of like darkness inside of me. And he was like, um, <laughs> I think he was like trying to be, make it funny. trying to be nice to be like, well, he was like trying to find a way to like <laughs> make it funny anyway. Oh. Yeah, I don't remember where we left off. Yeah, yeah. but oh, what, one other thing I wanted to say that. Did he come up with? Oh, I don't know. Do you remember, Drew? I don't know. Yeah, 
one other thing I just want to say. He's was, like, good luck. <laughs> good luck with that. <laughs> no, he was like, I can't relate at all. <laughs> I just relate to the joy, and there's nothing else, so I can't help you. Uh. Yeah. Well, I think it's like if you are able to connect with joy when everything is fine, yeah. like who cares? But it, like for me, what's interesting is like, how do I connect to joy when it, everything's not okay? You know oh, what for I mean? sure. Or like when the world's yeah. falling apart, because like there's got to be, there's got to be a way. Like what's yeah. the, yeah. But no, I feel like for me, the most consistent theme is, is, is sort of that realization as I've gotten older that like, my life is holding devastating heartbreak and loss and sadness in the same place as gratitude and joy. And it like, you know, moves me to tears, just those two things at the same time. And that's not something I knew how to hold when I was younger, but now I embrace that as like the richness of my life, like all of it. And I want all of it. It's what living is. It sounds corny, but the whole fucking thing, you know? I know. Well, and I also think about the time that we became friends. I mean, Drew was, well, Drew and Anne were married at the time. And I remember thinking like, oh, they're so grown up and they have it all figured out. And a lot of us yeah. were in our early 20s and sort of- You were a mess, yeah, yeah. Romantically, what was gonna happen and how were things gonna turn out? And now here we are 20 years later and we have how many children between us? Nine, I, nine I have children like 13, I don't know, you guys but. But now, and then our, you know, our parents are getting older and now we're sort of like, I think all of our, at least my focus at the time was like figuring out what like my, my core family was going to look like. I didn't, as a child of divorce, didn't think I'd ever really get married or mm. would I want to get married? Would anybody want to marry me? It didn't even, I couldn't even fathom all the other stuff that was going to come after that and becoming a parent and right. then dealing with parents getting older. Like everything gets harder but it gets richer and deeper so there's like more to write about now than there ever has been and sure, and i'm yeah. really grateful for that it's like yeah. sort of shocking and i look back and i'm like oh she was such a tiny little human and she had no idea yeah. the breadth of stuff that would be coming and the stuff that's actually already there in your life experience like it's all yeah. around you it's in everything mine was probably the opposite that i thought like oh i'm like in a stable relationship so mm -hmm. what am i going to write about i'm like oh my god now i'm like are you kidding like life is don't like i now i would tell someone don't worry about finding things to write about like your life is going to give you you're going to have so much heartbreak in your life don't worry about that like if that's what you're looking for you're going to you know you're going to be devastated yes, plenty right. often don't need to search for it <laughs> don't fret yeah. The devastation will be plentiful. Don't even worry. Yeah, <laughs> You're right. But it was sort of this idea that like, once I get that part of my life figured out, it will be static. But of course right. it's not. And Drew, you've been married how many years 30, now? 40, um, a long time. A long time. Yeah, since, like, the eight, since the 90s. Yeah, it's been a while anyway. Yeah. And like, yeah. you know, being in a relationship that long, like all the different things that you have sort of different marriages. And yeah, we feel like we're in our third marriage, we would say. And so, yeah, yeah, with each one was like devastating heartbreak also, even within that. And even outside of your marriage, like I've had my heart broken in different ways. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or just gone through losses or it doesn't matter, man. Parents yeah, absolutely. Oh. It's all there. Yeah. Kids will break your fucking heart. All yes. of it. Oh, yeah. Well, they do. Just you wait, Edith. It's coming. They're going to break your heart. <laughs> then they'll build it right back up again, and then they'll break it again. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, Teddy, I'm, Teddy. Glad you, I'm, I'm glad you asked about songwriting. Did you want to add something? No. I, heard, I, heard you sort of, I heard you sort of inhaling, and it seemed like maybe 
you were going to say a word. Yeah, I don't know what I was going to say. But uh, no, I think that was kind of it. I was just wondering what you guys are, are writing these days. Well, Teddy, oh. can I ask you a quick question? Yes. So when you went through the period of not writing, what yeah. made you write again? Hmm. Um, well, actually, I, th I told you this because it was after I had the second or second kid. I wasn't really writing much. And then <laughs> my friend John Deli came over and he was like, are you writing? Because I was living in Brooklyn at the time. Mm -hmm. And he said, I said, no. And he goes, yeah, I'm part of this songwriting group. Oh, right. right. And that's what got me where like every, you have to write a song every Sunday night by midnight and they give you a song assignment on Monday morning. And yeah, uh, yeah I was like, I want in and uh and you get I, kicked out if you don't do it, right? And then if you don't turn your song in on Monday, there's no like big fanfare. They just don't send you the song assignment on Monday. And I did it for like eight months. Right. And then by the end, I was really handing in some real shit. And I was like, <laughs> fuck this. And I just didn't do a song one Sunday night. And then sure enough, Monday, I didn't get the assignment. And I was like, ah, fuck it. I don't need it anyway. And then I went like six months and... Then I was like, oh, I really want to do that again. So I went back kind of with my tail between my legs mm -hmm. to the guy who moderates it. And I said, can I get back in? He said, yeah, sure. And, uh, and anyway, it's been now, I think, three and a half years, maybe close to four years or so. And uh, I've, yeah, no matter what. You're still I've doing song, it every week. Every, Sunday, got every Sunday night. Yeah, I write a song. Damn, terrible. Wow. Most of them, most of them are yeah. terrible oh, sure. but it doesn't matter you're like greasing it, the wheels right but it feels like kind of like going to the gym who needs good songs doesn't matter it's just songs. right it's all about volume it's not about quality it's about volume <laughs> it's quantity. you don't need good songs That's what i've always said about song. songwriting people don't no, know but... people don't have taste just write songs people won't know <laughs> it's true no but i do think it's so true it's so good to not be so precious about songwriting yeah, I tend yeah. to like be overwrought about stuff and some and like you just have to be like no that was a, not a keeper but it's fine you're just using the muscles yeah. it, i get so there. anxious about like making because then like you do the song you're like oh that was a good one i want to work on that some more nope gotta move on gotta get the next one done like that'd be stressful yeah i mean a lot of them are just a verse and a chorus okay you know, honesty you know what i mean so it's like but yeah. then i do some of them i go back and rework and yeah well yeah, yeah. i'd say no, that's pretty like, like 10 maybe 10 percent are good that's neat that's really good that's, that's really cool good. that's what people say you're supposed to do i don't do that but that's what you're supposed to do i've done a couple of them and it's i did one called tuesday is the new friday and you'd have it a new nice. you have to have a new song on tuesday yeah that's great. mondays were dark i'm just just like your sunday i'm sure teddy and i'm like oh especially oh, yeah. with kids it was so hard to do but oh. some of those songs that i really love a lot of them were very forgettable but it was a great thing especially like being a new mom being terrified i wouldn't write it was a really so good, good. Yeah. I, I i made a i decided for the rest of my life I'm not going to quit the group again. Whoa. Oh my but gosh. Then again, if I only live like another like. It's then it's true. You know, it could go either way. Not it, not. <laughs> it may not have that. I was long, waiting but. for that happen. <laughs> that could be a big commitment or really yeah. not a big yeah, Exactly. What yeah. do I know? Well, what? That was what? like Teddy's logic of when we would tour. He'd be yeah. like, he'd be like, if I bring three CDs, I will sell out of CDs. <laughs> <laughs> So just like set your bar real set the bar low. really low. I mean, yeah. I make it to Tuesday. So I sold out. Yeah. I brought one CD, but it's out of all of my CD. <laughs> oh my gosh! I want I want to just highlight because um, I feel like 
a lot of songwriters and creative people listen to this and just like that's really gold that advice and i know we're making fun of it but the fact that you're you made that commitment i know is that's and, and Edie did it as well and you get a batch i i know for me like i can commit to something like that for a little bit of time mm -hmm. and it's yeah. really helpful but um one of the things i found is if i I, I often want to make other creative things like a blog entry or a video or like mm -hmm. something else. And so then I'll quit the song group right. because I can't like do it all. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's too much pressure, but, um, yeah. but yeah, if that's something who for songwriters out there who are listening it that you haven't tried, yeah. I would encourage you to at least try it, you know, because yeah. it, you know, kind of gives you an excuse to have to do something when you don't mm -hmm. feel like I mean, it. People, people do it with, you know, whatever yoga or, Religion, stuff like that. I don't, and do, religion. Like I, don't that. Do, I don't do any of that stuff. Right, right. Every week. You just take the place of that. Wow. What's that? Yeah. It is your religion. Like they do it like every week. Yeah. <laughs> like religion or yoga. <laughs> sort of like songwriting. Yeah. It is. It's true, they do. It's people a good religion. Stuff. I mean, they, nothing else. People do things sometimes with regularity. Yeah. Right? That's <laughs> conclusion. I don't, I don't do anything else. Yeah. Um, do anything else. The <laughs> other thing I just want to highlight is like if you have songwriting friends or you know people that you are thinking about collaborating with, just to encourage you to to think that way because it's so fun. Yeah. Um, and it's not like we always knew we were gonna like play shows together. It was a very organic process. But if you can um, think that way, it can be really super fun to because being a songwriter can be a little bit lonely. It can. Um, yeah. And I feel like we all were very in touch. Like if any of us had a new song, yes. we kind of all knew about it. You yeah, know? yeah. Do you feel like we had like a very totally. strong like, oh, totally. hold on the anatomy of each yeah. each other's like song catalog? I'd be like, Anne, have you heard Anne's new song? Totally. And I, I still that. feel like I still That's such a good point. I still feel like over the years, like it, there were times when if I knew Edie was coming to town and I'd be like, Edie, do you have time to do a little songwriting thing? Mm -hmm. Where, just where we'd share some songs. So I'd yeah. know Edie's coming to town next month. I want to get these three songs locked mm -hmm. in so I can play them for Edie and get some honest feedback from someone I trust. And I don't trust many people in the world. So yeah. someone like you trust who will actually tell you something that's useful or meaningful. Mm -hmm. Like it was great to have those little things coming or I love having those if I'm working on a bunch of stuff to be like, Anne, are you coming to town? Can we, can I play some songs? And when you had a record coming out, yeah, you'd be like, I got a bunch of these songs. I'd love to bounce off of you. Mm -hmm. Tell me what you think. You know what I was thinking? Yeah. I think in a way when we were doing gigs back then, I'm just thinking about this now. In a way, I think I was thinking more about the songwriters that were coming to the shows my friends than yeah. yes. like a general yeah. audience. Oh, that's cool. I'd always be like in my postcards or whatever we'd send out. I'd always be like, and lots of new songs. And like, uh, right, like the right. audience could care. They don't want new songs. They know. But like right. other, other yeah. friends. I mean, nothing like, I know. Lots of new songs. They'd be like, oh, cool. I want to go to that gig because I want to totally. hear new stuff. Right. Yeah, you're right. That's mm -hmm. fine. Yeah, forget the people. Yeah, other people are all like, I don't want to hear your new stuff. Yeah, Play the like, songs I like. Play the stuff we want to hear. And we all, I should say, we all kind of agreed that for this tour, we were going to play, like, we had, we all agreed we would not just play new songs because that'd be insanity. Like, it's a reunion-y thing. Just be like, no, I'm not going to play anything from bad. That's all garbage. I'm playing just songs. No one's ever heard any of these songs before, including the three of you. So it's going to be all fresh. Like, we were yeah. going to avoid that. Yeah, we'll do old stuff. But it's so fun to yeah. see how we all have, like, grown and changed oh. over the years, you know, musically and... You're also still all very attractive. I find you all I very know. attractive. Look yeah. at you. You look all nice. look amazing. All of you. Yeah, you guys look great. Yeah, Teddy, I wouldn't great. change a thing. Man, <laughs> hat. 
Okay. So I think we're going to maybe share some songs at some point. Do we want to talk at all about how we're kind of coping with this or do we not want to talk about like how we're coping with the COVID-19? Like maybe, sure. maybe there are some things that are, that are good that are coming oh. out of it. And maybe there's some things that are mm. terrible. I don't know. Do we want to share that with people or? Sure. It'd be kind of funny if I brought that up and then everybody was like, oh. yeah. no, I'll, yeah, no, can we not talk about that? <laughs> talk about that. No, I'll, I'll talk about it. You guys, go ahead. I got things to say, but you say something. No, go ahead, Drew. Um, I would say for me, for me, my, um, we're in my magical kind of place. I'm in my shop, which you actually, you can see I'm in a weird low ceilinged wood paneled room that's inside like a Quonset hut <laughs> with no windows, but um, it's where my concrete business is. And I have a, um, a big old piano in my office. Um, and upstairs I have a full like kind of workout facility. And those are kind of the two things that make me feel sane. Um, and I feel like through all of this, I feel very grateful that I can come to my shop. I mean, I'm in construction related work anyway, so I am still sort of working. But, um, but to be able to come here and to be able, like I have come for, for most of the last 10 years, I've come to my shop at five o'clock in the morning on Saturdays and Sundays and sit here alone at my piano, drink coffee, play songs. Sometimes I'm just hanging out, but it's like my place where music is kind of magical. And I, now I do that and then I go work out upstairs. And I feel like I do that and whatever else happens, I've like, my thing that I learned as I got older was like, I care for myself first thing in the morning. And it, I know Edie's a morning person too. For me at like five o'clock in the morning, sometimes even earlier, sometimes when I was in the middle of writing for my last record, I was waking up at 3.30 in the morning, like almost embarrassed to tell anyone how early I would wake up because I was so excited to like, it, Saturday would come and I'd be like, oh my God. And I'd be up at like 3.30 in the morning. Like I'd be at 5 a.m. when Starbucks opened, like asking for coffee so I could go write songs and play at my yeah. shop. And it was like, it's become, even though it's a weird little den I'm in, this magical thing that has sustained me through this because when everything else is swirling and stressful and things are crazy at home and in work, still like when I'm here alone in my shop, five o'clock in the morning, like nothing can, like, can touch me. It's that's kind of awesome. so good. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. That's my story. Who's next? Thanks. Love that. Love that, Drew. Teddy, what's your deal? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> that's all you need to say. It's always like, where do I start? <laughs> okay, here we go. Where do I start? <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's very stressful. I'm very stressed out all the time now. Well, how, where do you do music? Where you do, how and when do you do your music? Where do you find space and time to yeah. do your things? How do you find time for that? Well, I write the Sunday night song. Yeah. And, uh, when do you write it? On Sunday? Yeah. Sunday, Sunday night. night. Yeah. Sunday night yeah. around 11 After the kids go to bed? Like, what do you... After the kids go to bed. Wow. 10, 10 o'clock. Uh, yeah, wow. no. I don't spend a lot of time on it. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> these are like three minutes. Yeah, these Let's are not real reasons. All right, there's a, some, I'm Sorry. turning in some Good. real crap. Good enough. Um, okay. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, I think that no, this whole this thing's been very stressful for for me. I'm actually much better now than I was in the beginning. Mm. I was real not good in the beginning. I was like, I'm, I'm a bit of a mental case to begin really? with. So really? Was, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Little thing. Are you, you doing know. a lot of, remember Teddy's, when he get flustered, his eye flutter that he would do? His like eyelash <laughs> eye flutter? Is it, has that been happening a yeah, lot? Yeah, it's back. <laughs> <laughs> Teddy. He lost it, now it's back. What? When you were feeling bad at the beginning of the COVID-19, yeah. what was it? Like, what was it that was upsetting you the most? Well, I definitely thought, 
I was certain I was like, I mean, I definitely had like full symptoms and all that. And, and my, my wife talked me down from that. <laughs> Thank she's God like, she's in. Because you like, were actually fine. She's like, you have nothing. And, yeah. and within like 10 minutes, I was totally fine. So I was, but that, but I know that about myself. And she's like, you know, this about yourself. You like, I've had everything over the years. I mean, I'm like really not good. And uh, like but, in your head, you've had everything. Yes. yes. Yeah. You haven't actually yeah. had anything. No, but you have had so every. I've, I've been yeah. okay, but it's uh, <laughs> so no, I, <laughs> it's just, but now I'm, and, and no, obviously there's a lot of, it's yes. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah, so. a, lo a lot of uh, worrying, basically. Yes. A lot of yes. worrying. worrying. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And not, you know, not just for my, you know, for every, like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm making it sound like no. I'm all neurotic. This isn't all about you. Yeah. Coronavirus <laughs> is not all about you. No. Okay. Good to you, know. You know, okay. to, no. you know how to edit Zoom videos, right? <laughs> 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 well, <laughs> just punch that in yeah. real quick. <laughs> so, Teddy, has there been anything punched that in? Is there. <laughs> Has there been anything about this time of being like sheltering in place that's yes. been like a something better than normal? Yes. Oh, that's the other part. It's, no, no, it's been amazing. Love it. Love being home with the family, the kids, my wife. Love it. I actually really do. Like, it, aside from the part of the people possibly and are getting sick, that's the terrible part. But the part about what actually what I think is doing to our society, I, I love. I'm mm -hmm. happy. I mean, I never really like going out anyway. So, I mean, I really, this is fine for me. I like being like, like homeschooling the kids is great. That's so much joy in that. Like teaching them, having them not really have much curriculum, feeling like they don't have much guidance and you feeling like you have to be yeah. a teacher. I, I figure out how to give them physical education. And then also like, maybe like they do their work and it's like 10 o'clock in the morning and their entire day is actually done. But you're yeah, like, what the hell am right. I doing? That you, I love that too. You're right. It is hard. Oh, joy. Yeah. No, no, you're right. My, yeah. no, my wife, I'm not. You, really you don't have to do it. Let me guess. I'm, I, yeah, exactly. Shari heard me the other day telling Levi that eight times four is 36. And she goes, whoa, 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 whoa. You stay over there. Step, Step away from the child. We'll just pull over here. Yeah. And I was like, what? She, she's like, I, I'm, I'm, don't worry about it. Just go upstairs. Great. I Googled it. And, I, no, I, I was wrong. I was <laughs> wrong. <laughs> back wrong. Oh my gosh. Wow. Wow. Okay. But anyway, I don't know. How about you, Heater? How are you? Uh... Um, I, you know, Andrew got me thinking. I, I think that's always true for me is that having that morning time, um, if I can, what I've been trying to do is do a bike ride because I feel, I do feel very like shut in and nobody in my family seems to like going outdoors as much as I do. So, um, <laughs> No, you know, no offense to them, but I, so I'll take a bike ride and then I'll like meditate. And if, if people haven't woken up yet, then maybe I'll also do yoga. Like if I just do like a lot of kind of self care in the morning, then the day just seems to be better. I mean, that's what Drew made yeah. me think of when he was talking about that morning time. And then in terms of like, yeah, I mean, there's something about like not knowing what's going to happen that I feel like it's easier to just say like, should I try this thing? Like, you know, like oh. I've been teaching kids songwriting, like giving one-on-one -on -one lessons to like a bunch of nine-year-olds. Like, would mm -hmm. I be doing that if 
it just sort of like came up and I think uh -oh. before this I probably would have overthought it and be like well mm -hmm. I don't know like oh. and I and I was just like now I'm just like it's more just like do you want to do that this week and I'm like yeah I do and then it's like mm -hmm. okay do you want to do it next week and I'm like yeah why not you know nice. now I feel like that's been fun because when I, do, when I do yeah in a way like I mean in that when I do watch the news too much yeah. yeah. Where I like I watched this documentary on YouTube about like the shutdown in China and like all the and I got I could get really but then I spend like Wednesdays writing songs with kids about their dogs, you know, or yeah. about like being outside in the summer. And of course yeah. these are not the songs that the four of us tend to write, you know. So like after a day of writing songs about like animals, It's like Teddy songs, basically. Yeah. <laughs> about yeah. Animals. yeah, kids, that's his songs. Yeah. <laughs> right, yeah. Anyway, yeah. it's fun, but I'm not sure what my point is exactly other than it's I, I also like feel like I'm with my family more, which can be really way harder, but also really good. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're feeling that. And then there's one part of me that likes having less choices. Like mm. I like that yeah. there's like a million activities like there always is. And like, are we going to do the thing on Thursday night for the Girl Scouts or the da da da? And that's just like, no, actually you're not doing anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. There is nothing. Yeah. I love that. Simplifies it. Mm. No, that's all I got. What about you, Edie? Yeah, I mean, a lot of what you're saying really resonates with me. Um, um, you know, I had a lot of touring coming up and I had to cancel all of that, which was mm. tough financially. But also, yeah. when, you know, I tour once a month for five to seven days. But the truth is, ramping up to a tour, I'm like kind of a crazy person for about five days before. And then I'm like recovering from it for about four days on the other end. So it's kind of half the month mm. that I'm on tour. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I'm really enjoying sort of the static nature of being home. Um, and also my husband is a city planner. He tends to work fairly long hours and often is not home for dinner. And now he works out here in what's supposed to be my writing space. It was called jokingly a she shed. Now we're calling it the they shed because he's in it most of the time. <clears throat> but he can come in and have like, or he can come out in, in the yard with us and have lunch with us yeah. and check in. And if I need to go do a meeting really quickly, he can come relieve me. Like, I feel like we're like a team in a way that we can't be a lot of the time because he just has to be at work a lot. Yeah. So I'm loving that. And I, and, like you guys, the homeschooling kids. I mean, my kids are smaller than your kids. I have a three-year-old, and, and so she can be like a complete maniac at times. But And a seven-year-old, which is more sane. But it's it's kind of intense at times, and I don't have a lot of space and alone time to be creative right now. But I remember when Drew became a parent and then Anne, when then you became a parent, that you really utilize your early mornings. And I've always been a morning person, but like now I take it to the like next level. I often get yeah. it at 4.30 or 5. And then I feel like I can start my day without like a lot of stress and rage coursing through me yeah. because at least I've like touched that part of my brain and my heart. And then I can at least feel like I went there, even if I don't get back to that during the day. So yeah. I don't know. I love what you said, Anne, about how everything is sort of off the table that you, and also then you're more will, willing to welcome in new ideas of how to do things because circumstances are forcing it. But also it's it's kind of like, well, sure, why don't I try that? You might've overanalyzed stuff before, but we have to think of ways to make money right now as, as creative people. Um, 
I don't know. I there. I said to my neighbor the other day as we were standing the requisite, you know, seven feet apart. I was like, "There's a lot about this I'm really gonna miss." Like, I love the pace of life right now. Yeah. I am such an over scheduler, and I tend to get my kids involved in nine million different things because they feel like I'm supposed to do that. And yeah. they can't really do anything right now except sort of play on the trampoline and like build forts and, you know, they do their schoolwork. But I think it's a very good lesson. I keep thinking of it as like when we once redid the floors in our house, you have to take everything out of the room, right? You can't leave a thing. So then when you put it back in and you put the room back together, you're so mindful about what goes in that room. You don't just like throw random stuff in or at least you try not right. to. I feel like I want to treat my life that way when we start up again. Oh, wow. You know what I mean? That's a great way to think about it. Yeah. We'll see how well I do with that because I tend to get caught up in stuff. But I feel like, I think, Teddy, maybe what you said, I can't remember who said, but just like as a society, this is such a wonderful thing couched in a really, not couched, but paired with a really terrifying, horrible thing. And how do you reconcile those two things? Because we're not in the thick of it and we are safe and we're not providing care for people who are terribly ill. Yeah. So I don't know how to, th I feel guilty that I'm enjoying a lot of it too. Well, I think that, that you mentioned about like the slowing down. I think yeah. that actually our world was moving at a pace that was not sane. Yeah. It was not like to human scale. It was like, it was just like perpetually faster. Yes. Yeah. Like based on, I don't know, machines always being faster or us always producing more. I don't know. It's almost mm -hmm. like a capitalistic thing that's gotten out of control. Right. And like now I feel like this pace feels I mean, it actually took a while to adjust that first week at home. I still tried to like keep yeah. totally. in my house, like not yeah. consciously. And then the second week I was like, we don't have to do all of that, you know? Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, yeah it's and I don't know what would be the way that we would, when we go back, like you're saying, picking the things to go in the room. I mean, so some of it's up to us and some of it is like a collective decision, right? Like yeah. how would, how would we keep the pace? slower or can't can't do that you know I hope question I have you know let's try to keep each other accountable on that front because I can see myself getting swept back up in the like oh, I have to do this and if I just add one more thing I'm sure I can handle it but then don't you find that you're so much shorter with your kids and so much more tired and overwhelmed like the more you try to do I don't know I just and then also we're trying to do our lives with our families and then also be creative on the side and also be healthy and go take a bike ride and let Take care of yourself. Like it's just, it's too, it's too much. Too much, yeah. I yeah. Also think, I think it'll be interesting to see sort of how it shapes art going further. Yeah. Whether, what people want to see in terms of movies and TV shows and music, what they want to hear. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? I think it's really going to change, uh, change us as as people in every. Mm -hmm aspect and i don't think you know i don't know the answer to it um well yeah. i just wanted I, I know we need to move on to maybe yeah. playing songs but teddy yeah. what you just said made me think of the time well the fact that we were all friends yeah. uh during 9 11 yeah and and like spending all well drew you were already in chicago at that point and we yeah. were in touch with you a lot but i remember our lives kind of stopped living in new york city and and how we were just like walking around kind of like zombies, like, did this really just happen? And New Yorkers were talking to each other differently and making eye contact. And you'd start crying randomly from something you saw in a 
stranger stranger who would never normally even look you in the eye would come up and like put their hand on your back and it was like yeah. a completely different way of relating and i know that wasn't just in new york city it was like everybody was feeling vulnerable and overwhelmed and this feels like a sort of much bigger kind of version of that right but eventually we did go back to the original way of how we were in new york city and i I wonder, like, will this have reverberation way beyond this? Yeah. I would think it would. It would. I, yeah. I think it will. Yeah. Yeah. But my, I don't know. Do you remember how it was so different for like two or three months? Is that totally. how long it was? It's pretty different for a really yeah. long time. In this case, you've got you have the fear of, you know, this thing. I'm worried that it's going to have a negative. Anyway, that goes pretty pretty dark. But the side of people's fear of other people. Mm -hmm. It's going to go on until this has, you know, this could go on for a year or two mm -hmm. of people being afraid to gather in groups or be anywhere near any other human beings for a really long time. Right. And Do you guys, kind of when you watch movies, look at people and you're like, why are you standing so close? Yeah, to I know. Like, it's like our new reality. It's weird. I know. I watched movies from like any time before this. Yeah. yeah. You're sort of like, how are they standing so close? To <laughs> it's really odd. Like how quickly your brain kind of yeah. integrates it. Yeah. It's really odd. I know. Yeah. 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 Anyway, now we've gone to a very dark place, but <sighs> yeah. I can go there with you guys and Glad come right I... back. Yeah. It's just how it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's how it is. Yeah. So Maybe we should play else? a song. Let's play some songs and then we'll. Who's got a happy song? Say Man, I feel like. Talk about my dog up playing in the park. You're going to love it. Ann might need to start us off. Teddy, us I back. think you should start us off. No. No. Really? no. <laughs> I mean, no. No? What are you going to play? I don't even know. You what don't are, even know. What are you guys gonna play? Are we? Are we gonna play? Are we going? Are song? we going? Hey, and what are you? Songs? What are you thinking of playing? I was are you thinking playing, of playing Joy. I. That's what I was thinking you were gonna play, and I feel like you should. We need that right now. Start with that. Okay. Yeah. yeah so good. Okay. Oh, we are, we should go on mute. Oh, right? go on mute, oh, everyone. So nice. Teddy, okay. you're so together. I hope this doesn't fall, although it would be kind of funny if it did. I've got nothing against you. I just want to be heard. Like every child, woman, and man in this big, beautiful world. I knew boys like you in high school. Thought if I ignored, you'd go away. But what I feel broke. I resist, persists. I need joy to be my best. How do I look on you with joy in my heart? Look on you with joy in my heart. I get up before the sun rises. Look at the stars in the night sky. I breathe in and out. Slow. Let my fears rise above me like smoke. Dirty 
that song that like image of the kids wow. in new york playing like with their parents watching it's just like so beautiful Aww. like image that after image after image in that song i love it Aww, it's definitely you. the right song to start with <laughs> <laughs> can you play it again at the end yeah. <laughs> start and middle and finish with exactly. yeah, is that your cue you want to take the next one who? Yeah, Teddy. Oh, take us down, you, Teddy. Come on, Teddy. No, take I'm not down. gonna. I'm not gonna take us down. Okay, I'll play. bring us up. Talk about well, dogs and parks. Yeah. Great. Um. All right. Since we're, uh, I'm not gonna play. I'm gonna play an old one. You are. Yeah, I am. Which one? You, the one I was. The, oh, I know. You asked from the beginning. Nice. Teddy's playing the hit. People love hits. Four nine nine. Well, I, what is what I was saying before to Ted before we started was that I'm teaching this guy songwriting, and I said my friend Teddy has this song called Four Ninety Nine. Sorry, I just introduced it for you, and That's I said fun. he fuses poignancy and humor perfectly oh. in this song. In fact, I meant to send it to him, and I forgot. I'm going to tell him to listen to this. Well, anyway, now, go on. Now, now I will not be playing this song. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That is really what you're going to. It was, it was, but I hope I can do that. But no, I was, okay, I'll do this one. I was thinking. You can do that. You did it. It's already um, been done. It's already been done. All right, so we all have to mute. Eh, okay. 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 friends arrived in droves talking about traffic comparing notes i just stood at the door collecting coats 
Toss them on my sister's bed and hope nothing falling out of them. Kill the lights and head out into the evening ahead. They're always faces I'd never seen, but I'll be damned how they all knew me. Claiming we'd met back in 73. But I was in charge of the ice at the bar and keeping an eye on all the parked cars. Never quite sure just what I was watching for. Back then it was a simpler time. I was living on $4.99. If you ask me how I was, I'd always say fine. Living on four ninety nine. Oh. Well, it was long dinners and long toasts. We're counting memories and anecdotes, and everyone thanking our gracious hosts. Back then I could always find work, whether doing dishes or cutting dessert or making sure the dog wasn't tracking in the dirt. Back then it was a simpler time And I was living on $4.99 If you ask me how I was, I'd always say fine Living on four ninety nine. Oh, then it was loose and belts and all right. Who wants regular and there's decaf too? And everyone now head into the living room. That's when I first began this playing as a one-man band for crowds who talk and rarely give a damn. Back then it was a simpler time. And I was living on $4.99. If you ask me how I was, I'd always say good. Living on four ninety nine. Back then, everyone I loved was alive. And we were living on four ninety nine. If you ask me how I was, I'd always say. Living on four ninety nine. I was living on four ninety nine. We were living on four ninety nine. You could live then on four ninety nine. Nice. That's how that suddenly takes me back so quickly, doesn't it? Just feel like we're all sitting on stage, you know. 15 years totally. ago. It's very weird also playing on Zoom. Yeah. Is, is it, it weird? I think so. I think it's strange. It was weird. It was weird. Like, I was like, oh, you guys are over here. You're staring at me. It was weird. Daddy, that song is timeless. It is timeless.
Timeless. It's funny because we're on the video, but most people will listen to this just audio. They won't see the video. Oh, really? I mean, I'll post the video later, but it cool. goes up on Apple. So it just is, oh. it's an oh, audio. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. It's primarily an ear experience. Though. Wow. That was beautiful. Yeah, so beautiful, Tony. I love so, that. Guys, that is a masterpiece. Who's next? It's. I feel like I should go because I'm a girl. Go ahead. You should go because yes. you're a girl. I also just realized that my computer, which was 100%, is now 15%, and my cord is in my house. But oh, I'm hoping it's going to be okay. You want me to text oh. Matt? See if I can. <laughs> yeah, extra. He's probably putting the kids to bed. Um, but I think it'll be okay. If you me, might, I, I mean, I hate to say it, but you might want to go get your cord. I'll text Matt. And let Andrew. Oh, you can go, yeah. You can because, text Andrew. All right, well, let's do that. Because you don't want to. We don't oh, want to. I might you. have a cord, Edie. You want to? <laughs> Never mind. Was I was stupid. wrong. Do it. Do you have a Mac? Do you have a Mac? <laughs> I'm so sorry. This is so unprofessional. I'm like, surely I'll have plenty of power. But so, Drew, start your song or banter for the next 37 seconds. Oh, okay. Um, should I play a song? Yeah. Play yeah, song. you should. Yeah. All right, cool. I was going to text Matt to ask him to bring you a chord, but instead I'll <laughs> just play a song. Um, <laughs> I thought I'd play, um, this was the title track on the on my most recent record that I put out, I think about a year, year or two ago. Maybe it was two years. Um, but uh, but, but I, I wrote this song here and it, it kind of, um, the song's called Believe in Something and it was, it, it, it kind of came out as I kind of sort of discovered that my own sort of spiritual practice is music, is kind of creativity and, and it's, almost like my religion. So songs believe in something. Awesome. Some days my skin is unbearably thin. Never lost burns me with air. Some days my eyes they look into the sky. There's so much pain around me. What I can't see confounds me. I wanna believe in something. I wanna believe in something. Well, here it is. Sunday morning, I got to no religion, but I got the holy music, I got the joy of living, and I got the soul around me, I got the love of children, I will not go on crying, I will just go on singing, hey, wanna I say I will 
atheistic gospel tune. Nice. Yeah. So good. It was on the last record. Yeah. That's right. That's the title track. I love that song. Yeah. That's a great song. That's a great one. Nice job. I love hearing you belt it out like that. Hey. You know, when you have a room like this, you. Awesome. What's that? When you got a crowd like this, you feel the room, the energy of the room. <laughs> yeah. Wanna let loose, you know? It's just you feed off the wood panel walls and the Yeah. Oh my gosh. And the very low ceilings. Yeah, the very low ceilings. So Evie, will you bring us home? Bring it home, girl. Yeah. My I mean I have like a super uplifting song, but I don't really feel like playing. Do a really depressing one, a dark no, you one. You don't need to do that. Dark. But then tell a joke. It's this is a little depressing. <laughs> But not depressed, it's just contemplative. Uh, this is a song that I wrote uh, actually for a podcast called Prompt Queens with my friends Hope and Emily Dunbar, who live in Nebraska. And I went, I was on tour there, and on tour there with Sarah Sample. And Prompt Queens, obviously, as you might guess, you get a prompt for a song and then you have to bring it. And you get it just a few days before the podcast. And then we all play our song from the same prompt. That's so. Cool. I sort of I there's a part of this song that came from that original song because it wasn't that great, but there were parts of it that I liked. Um, anyway, um, I think this is called the Veil. <clears throat> we thought it was catch the moon in the window of the way back diamond stars on velvet blue in the window of the way back daddy carried us to bed our arms heavy round his neck if I was not sleeping I'd pretend oh the sweetness of your breath just like when you were a baby Full surrender on my chest I've been noticing lately Every day you need me less And I know that's for the best Yeah, I know that's for the best We cannot go back No matter how we we cannot go back now I've been traveling all this time Like I had a force field around me Then for a moment we were flying And the floor became the ceiling A storm of glass and crushing steel No, it did not seem my hands still clinging to the wheel We cannot go back Now the veil is lifted We cannot go back now We cannot go back No matter how we wish it We cannot go now when I'm 
a crowd I wonder are they with me or against me We won't say these words out loud But we'll scream it on the small screen I've never seen such a great divide So high and so wide But it's been here all this time We cannot go back Now the veil is lifted We cannot go things i had a really as you guys know i had a really scary car accident back in uh december right after christmas and it's crazy how when you and and i know you and frank had a similar one and uh years ago and when you have something like that happen your car flips upside down your kids inside it your total sense of safety and security kind of goes right out the window and uh i'm feeling a million times better now but in the weeks after that it couldn't go back. Yeah, it's go it's back still. to what it once was. It's like everything is now altered. Like it's different. I feel like right? you really heard the yeah, song. Yeah, No, I, I, I like that. Like, like right? literally heard that, the, like, the lyrics. Even. Totally got that. Yeah. It was really good. Asshole. That was so beautiful. That was so great, Dee. That was so beautiful. We were all like. It's amazing. Are you kidding? It's great. And it's actually kind of apropos. Like. Yeah. Intense, you know, scary, devastating life changes are happening right now to the entire world. And it will literally, we will never go back. It will never yeah. be the same. Yeah. something different. Yeah. Pretty much. I, we always, I wrote it in January. Obviously, I didn't know what was coming, but I, it just sort of feels like, yeah. I mean, in good ways, too. Everything changes and we grow with it. And with your kids getting bigger, I mean, that's sure. hard. But also, you want to see that. But it's also hard to let go of the good stuff, too, and trade it for the other new good stuff. So anyway, so thanks. So yeah, that, that first that part about like every day you need me less and I know it's for the best. Yeah. Oh gosh, that hits me right here. <laughs> I was like, oh gosh. Yes, that's so beautiful. Thanks, friend. Well, I, I love you guys. You. We've been talking, you know, for, I don't know, an hour and a half. Forever? So yeah. That's probably, weird. How would that happen? It's I know. The longest podcast, that coming? <laughs> the longest podcast uh, I've ever had. But it was, Do we take an intermission and then... <laughs> What's the second set? What you so I just want to say, you know, for those of you who were who are tuning in and we're maybe going to come to the tour, we we can't wait to reschedule it, but we will be waiting because we have no choice. But um, we'll keep you posted on that, and um, yeah. hopefully, this little bit of banter and togetherness uh, will be a nice little, I don't know. Sustain you. We <laughs> hope it will sustain your soul. Feed your snack. soul with our banter. <laughs> that is our hope. That is our hope. Yeah. Um, what our banter's for. It's for your soul. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't even know who you are. Um, hey, Heater, thanks yeah. for thinking of doing this. This is yeah, really, really, really fun. Yeah, thanks you guys for coming. And um, Awesome. We'll see you later.
Okay. See you later. All right. All right. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening, guys. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for joining us. If you know someone who would enjoy or benefit from this podcast, please share it with them. Thanks so much. Much love.